Welcome to Lame Stream here on the 440 Sports Network. My name is Braden Gall. You can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. My name is Steve Cavendish, and you can follow me on Twitter at Scavendish. If you like the show, rate, review, subscribe, smash that subscribe button. We would appreciate it. And tell a thousand of your closest friends, please. That's all. Just 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 tell them about just tell them about the show. Is there Take anything- out a billboard. Is there? <laughs> spend, I mean, I mean Morgan, Wall, Morgan Wallen fans are doing it. Why don't somebody take out a billboard for us? Or just send me the cash. That's fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I will say this. Can we come up with a... Is there a better... Like, what else can you do to the subscribe button? Um, smashing and sharing. What, is there anything else we could come up with? That, you could that, kick it? I don't, I don't know about that. I don't think you, you could can. jump up and down on it. You could stomp on that subscribe button. Uh, you, you you could treat it like the old uh, track and field uh, video game and just hit it a thousand times to make it go faster and faster and faster. <laughs> or like old school telephones when you used to like slam it down. You know, you used to slam the telephone just to show how angry you were when you ended a conversation. Nobody has any clue what I'm talking about. Who's listening to a podcast in 2021. People but... Like, why would you slam down your iPhone? Why would you do that? <laughs> right. Why would you damage your iPhone? Um, recommendations coming up. A little bit later on, our guest today on the show, Tatum Everett, uh, formerly of Fox 17. She now lives in Minneapolis. Well, why are we talking to her, you ask? Well, she spent, she, she's had a really interesting career in television coming up through literally the bayou in Louisiana. I, I've known her for a long time, and she's just a really smart girl and uh, love talking to her and has some really good insight into the business, into television, into local news, and is transitioning out of the media and is going to go work for the Minnesota Vikings. And so as she's leaving town, we thought it would be a good time. And uh, it's it's sort of an exit interview interview for her, which, of course, will also give us an opportunity to talk about Clay Travis in just a second. But Lamestream Sports is brought to you by... That's just about what it sounded like at the end of the Concacaf. It was what great. A match. Holy! It was. Uh, I was. Was watching that. I was watching the uh, Univision highlights on uh, on because uh, <laughs> Google served them up to me, and I'm like, well, I'll watch this again. And sure enough, <laughs> it was fantastic. Would you scream like that if you were at Jasper's? Great happy hour. Great, great parking. Great menu. Great place to watch the game. You got Super Regionals this weekend. After the Vandy game at eleven, you could swing by and still get to happy hour. Would you? I, I, I actually have, and they didn't appreciate it. So, you know, don't do it, but uh, maybe do it outside. If you're as excited about the free parking as I am, you know, <laughs> do it outside, like right outside your car, and then go inside and don't make that sound. So here, here's what we want people to do, and I, I would like this to actually happen. When you pull up to Jasper's, and we know you folks are going, and you go to Jasper's, and you park for free, and you get out of your car, and when you walk up the parking lot, there's like a big, there's like a little staircase there that goes into the restaurant. I want you all to put both fists in the air and scream Jaspers at the top of your lungs with your head <laughs> facing towards the sky the way Steve Cavendish yells it on this show. <laughs> that will get our that will get our podcast uh, ad contract canceled probably faster than anything else. Why? It's people yelling the name. They're just in pure unadulterated passion for their for the product. Just just screaming the name as they walk in. It's great. It's great. Try it out, kids. All Go to Jaspers. Go to Jasper's. Uh, so Tatum Everett is our guest on the show. And again, recommendations coming up after the interview. And it, it really is just an exit interview for her in, in what, three and a half or so years in Nashville working for Fox 17. And I've talked to her a lot about the business. And I think she had a lot of really interesting things to say about a couple of different topics. One, local television, uh, small news departments, 
And of course now transitioning, I don't want to say like to the dark side, but like you're leaving the media and going to work for the other side of the equation, which is the team. And she's going to go work for the Minnesota Vikings and do studio work for them. And I've thought about it in my career, Steve, honestly, and it's, it's a, it's, it's a fascinating transition, but, but not an easy one. And she's, she's off to Minnesota to do it. I think she's going to do really well. You know, her her heart really is in features, and and she'll she'll talk about that a little bit. She she likes digging into sort of human element of stories and and kind of being able to tell something more than just a game score and 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 showing a highlight. And so I I think she's gonna she's gonna do really well for that. For you know, in, kind of in this position, um, and and I'm trying to figure out kind of like how I can check in on her kind of during the season. So Tatum, if you're listening to this and you want to send us some links back. Please do. <laughs> yeah, we're, she's not 100% sure where it's all going to be distributed. But as we've talked about a number of times on this show, all these entities now, right? Teams, athletic departments, they're, they're all production companies now. And so, you know, again, think Amy Wells and Mike Keith and Jim Wyatt and the, those folks for the Titans. That's sort of the type of person she will be for the Vikings. And uh, she'll talk a little bit about transitioning markets, too, which is interesting. So uh, we'll, we'll talk with Tatum Evett here coming up uh, in just a few minutes. However, Steve, you wanted to discuss. <laughs> don't blame me. Don't blame me for this. You wanted to discuss Clay Travis. So set this up because I, you wanted to do it. Well, I, we have a sports media podcast here, and the <laughs> biggest mouth in sports media is no longer doing sports media, and so you know, it seems like we'd be ducking it if we didn't say, "Hey, Clay yeah. Travis is now replacing Rush Limbaugh." It, it's it, yes, it. it <laughs> Uh, it is in the wheelhouse. There's no question about it. Yes. Yeah, so Clay is leaving Outkick and will be hosting. Has left. Has left Outkick and will be hosting in the Rush Limbaugh segment s- s- slot on the radio dial with a guy named Buck Sexton. I never heard of that person. I mean, <laughs> I haven't. I haven't heard of him either. So <laughs> no. Um. So he's he's leaving. Uh, uh, you know. And of course, my uh, some of our first thoughts jump to people we know very well, friends of ours that, of course, went to work for him recently. And I, I guess there's a couple of lessons here. N- number one, and I'm, I'm sure you want to take this in a lot of different directions, but, but number one, I, I'm just, I, I think it's a, a lesson for young people in any industry that when they are hired by someone or told something by a boss or anything of that nature, and this goes to like football coaches in, in college football or whatever, like sometimes that person's just going to have something different in their life come up and you can't, you can't stop that stuff from happening. I was hired at Athlon sports by a guy and he had all these great things to say. We were going to launch a video department. He had all these wonderful things and ideas and got a really, really good offer from a bigger company to go, you know, mess around in another company. And, and how, how am I to tell him not to do it? So I, I do think there's uh, one element of this, which is just, you know, when a guy sees an opportunity that's best for his family, he has to be able to take it, whether that, means you maybe went back on conversations or thoughts or, or game plans or whatever. I, I don't know. I just think that's a part of life and a part of sports and a part of media. Yeah. I mean, that's true. I mean, the, you know, the analogy is you, you're, you're, you sign with the team, you don't sign with the coach. And, and if you, if the coach changes, you've still got to still got to do your thing. My first reaction uh, was that clay leaving screwed over the outkick 360 former uh, midday 180 guys pretty hard because he is the he is the engine for that site and for and, and for that that whole set of group i mean the whole idea was that clay's clay's magnetism drawing ability would 
would put eyeballs on that show in its, you know, kind of in its nascent form. You know, I, I talked to Paul Kaharski afterwards and, and he, he kind of disabused me of that notion. And he's like, no, he's like, he's like, that's not the case at all. Um, he's like, you know, and, and he, I, I think he was the first one who, who used kind of the coach analogy here uh, with me. And so maybe I'm wrong about that. Uh, I, I still think that Clay was responsible for bringing the most energy and attention to OutKick and that those guys definitely benefited from it and they will have a harder time kind of without that engine to to kind of draw from unless OutKick is going to, you know, uh, go and 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 do transcripts of of his uh, of his, you know, political radio show every day or kind <laughs> of like and and the OutKick coverage that's not on, you know, that's not on the OutKick 360 show with with Kaharski and uh, Withrow and Hutton tends to lean towards that sort of, that sort of uh, right-wing kind of troll talk, whatever uh, anyway. And so maybe it will, I mean, maybe, maybe they are going to aggregate some stuff that clay does as a way to kind of as a way to kind of bring eyeballs. I don't know. I'll be interested to see kind of what happens. I, I, I interested to see what happens. I think is the right way to put it. I, I am fascinated to see how how fast the outkick car can go without Clay driving it. I think that's a, a a clear question that that you just raised. I also don't think the playbook is all that complicated, though. Uh, to your point, I, I don't think without getting too deep into the weeds on all the different strategies and <laughs> deployments of of outkick, I, I just don't. You know, I don't think the it's not rocket science it, it, what what outkick and and a lot of those organizations do to generate interest and gen right. up controversy. And we've talked about it on the show, like with with Joe Rexroad about the whole Jerry Stackhouse thing to to sort of twist things. It's not a complicated playbook. So I don't know. i'm I'm fascinated to see. I, I think the midday went former the artist formerly known as midday one eighty outkick three sixty guys. I think my question for them, and I have not spoken to any of them would be how does this change the business development side of things for OutKick 360, which had lar- which Chad told us on this show had lots of plans to sort of be back on radio, grow into an affiliate network in the Southeast, be a regional show, and sort of segment out their product in a really smart and interesting way. And, how, and now, where, the, where you know, now they're, a sub, they're a subset of Fox. I mean, they, you know, that was, that was the precursor to this was them selling everything to Fox. So, uh, you know. It's a very good question. Uh, I, you know, I hope that I, I wish only the best for those guys. I, I, I think they're talented and good guys, and yep. you know, yep. only only want great things. But uh, I, I, I do hope that this doesn't kind of put a ceiling on uh, on what they can do. I will say, I, I do think hiring Clay Travis, uh, who is a sports talk guy, into you know into the Limbaugh position. I, I think it's is it ABC. I forget forget who's syndicating it. Kind of, kind of nationwide. I do think that that's kind of a brilliant move on their part. the the way The way talk radio and specifically political talk radio and specifically conservative political talk radio has gone over the last few years, you know, it really is sort of an owning, you know, own the libs sort of radio every single day. And Clay does that very well. I mean, well, and he's and he's not the first. Will Kane who was right. like a midday host for ESPN radio nationally, uh, who I thought did a really good show uh, on, on sports is now, <laughs> is now, uh, I think he's on what Fox and friends or something like that. I don't know what he's, he's on yeah. television. Um, so it, this is not the first person they've even done this with inside of, of sports. So it's, it's clearly they're, they're seeing something that's working because I think Will Kane's numbers are pretty solid right now. 
Yeah, I mean, I, and and clearly, like a year of kind of COVID deniability was was the ticket for for Clay to get you know called up to the big leagues. I I, I will be interested to see how he does, and, and kind of like what what kinds of topics that 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 they choose. You know, he's in opposition right now. It's always easier to 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 do those type of shows when you're out of power. If he came in, kind of before Trump left office, I think that's a harder show to do than it's much easier to, to, if you're, he's an anti-Biden guy, I will be very interested to see kind of, kind of the the tack that they take, but it's, it's a much easier thing to do to criticize sure. that than to, than to be in power. Well, he, he won't have to wait long because I've, you know, Trump's back in the, I think he's taking back over the white house in August sometime. Roughly, I so. think it's August, uh, it's, you know, it's September right around kickoff. I, I don't I've know. been spending some time on the QAnon boards. I can't quite get the dates, right? <laughs> I, I, we'll, we'll figure that out for you. So, <laughs> Oh man. All right. Well, we, like you said, we are a sports business and media podcast. We have to address, um, when sports media and business news takes place in our city. And, and so we had to talk about that. So uh, Tatum Everett, again, Fox 17. A much better note. <laughs> transitioning to uh, working for the Minnesota Vikings. So going from media to team, moving markets, all different types of conversation with her. Uh, what, what is it like to be a single person sports department at a lot of different levels, uh, in, including here in Nashville? So uh, without any more conversation from us, Let's hear from Tatum. She's one of my favorites, and I am wishing her the best of luck. We are wishing her the best of luck in her new role in Minnesota, and I think Nashville's worse off that she's not here. So here was our exit interview with Fox 17's, formerly Fox 17's, Tatum Everett. Tatum, thank you so much for joining us on the show. We do appreciate it. Good to see you, even though you're, you know, many, many states away now. Yeah, it's kind of funny, you know, what, 14, 13 hours ago, I was in Nashville and now I'm up here in the frozen tundra of South Canada. No, I'm in Minnesota, but uh, (laughs) I, uh, yeah, it's been kind of a whirlwind, honestly, because I went from covering the Preds playoffs to winding down my time at Fox 17. And now I'm up here in Minnesota and, you know, in the media, we love to be just like thrown into the fire for some reason. And so, um, I uh, am now working for the Minnesota Vikings and it's just a very, it's a different capacity. It's kind of the same stuff I did at Fox 17, but I'll be doing it for a team. And so it's, it's pretty cool. I'm pumped. Um, a little, little weary about the winners, but today it's like my kind of weather, you know, nineties, hot, sunny, a couple of clouds. So I'm cool. With you're going to want to, you're going to want to put this in a bottle and, yeah. uh, and hold on to it for January. Yes. Remember these times that, that there's actually a light at the end of the tunnel when it's like negative 19, you know, wind chill. So I, I can't imagine people don't know, but you are a Louisiana native. So when you say 90 degrees and humid and hot, you mean it. Um, and now very different. So just, I guess my first question here is just to explain, for you to explain to people sort of what the last two and a half weeks have been for you, um, you know, your your job description, sort of the decision-making process that, that went into all of this. So I, I don't want to get titles incorrect or motives incorrect. So you explain to people sort of how this path in your career has come about. Yeah, you know, it's actually a very, very, very interesting, somewhat long story. So I'll try and give you the Cliff Notes version of it because um, this has actually been a process a year and a half in the making for me personally. Um, I'm headed to Minneapolis for personal reasons, as well as obviously, I mean, I just, you know, in media, sometimes it's very hard to align your personal and your professional life uh, because you are so 
tied to wherever the next opportunity takes you that I am probably the most luckiest person in this moment right now. I'm grateful and I know it because my long distance boyfriend of three years is up here. And so now I have a job up here. So that aside though, um, you know, I've always wanted to get out of local television. I I love it. I, I love what I do, but sometimes it gets a little mundane when it comes to sports and you're the first to go on a show. You're the first to kind of get thrown under the bus for things. And that's across the nation. That is at every station I've been at. It has nothing to do with where I was because that's just the nature of the business. And so for me, I've always just kind of wanted to take a pivot into something else. And I reached out to the Vikings a long time ago with some interest. And luckily they were interested back and we've been going back and forth for a year and a half. And um, they had a position open up and um, it was a no brainer decision for me because the Vikings entertainment network has a huge staff and it's all their in-house media team. So we've got producers and uh, writers, analysts. There's another guy who's kind of doing what I'm doing as far as being on air talent and a producer. So you're able to take those skills you learned in local TV and apply them in more of that, you know, one team, one mindset kind of avenue. And I am just so pumped about that because I think sometimes in local, you also get bogged down by having to know so little about so much. It, it Sometimes you don't get to like dive into things as much as I had wanted to over the last few years. So I am super pumped to be just singularly focused on the NFL, the Vikings. I'm going to know everything you need to know about them. And, and I don't have to worry about other things. And honestly, it kind of helps your fandom a little bit. I feel like I can go back to being a fan of the Predators or being a fan of, you know, my college team or things like that, because I know professionally I need to be all about the Vikings. It's interesting. You said you, you were looking to get out of local TV the local local TV, particularly in the first eight to ten years of someone's career, can be very rough. You started out in, I mean, you've never F. E. Texas, <laughs> and then after leaving LSU, and then you went to Shreveport for six years, and then and then Nashville, and and even in those steps, you didn't get rich along the way. I mean, it's it, economically, it is a tough, tough gig particularly at, at a, you know, you know, Fox 17 is the, is the number three, number four um, station in the market. So they're not throwing, they're not throwing huge dollars at, at folks. Let people know kind of like what the economic calculus is like to be a reporter here early in your career out of school, trying to get to a bigger market. Yeah. Well, when I graduated, it was the recession. So I kind of, in, in a way relate to what college kids are coming out during the pandemic, because at the same time, like it was hard to find a job and I was not well connected. I did, you know, my due diligence in college as far as doing internships, but you know, I interned in Louisiana and you don't just start out. Well, I mean, I guess you can now, but like back then you didn't just start out in new Orleans or start out in Baton Rouge, you know? So for me, it was really difficult to find a job. It took me about six months. And, and even then I started out in Morgan City, Louisiana, which is like literally on a bayou. And it was, you know, a one person sports department. We shot the news, taped it through a 1970s live truck because we didn't have, like, it was not an affiliate. It wasn't, 
live, like my first live reps, I was a year and a half into the business. I mean, it's a very strange situation. And at the time I was making, I mean, I'll be, I'm pretty candid about this, but was making like 10, 50 an hour. And I remember my dad, who's an engineer was like, Tatum, you can make more as a cashier somewhere. What are you doing? Like, this is a, you went to school for this and have a degree. Um, so he, he had a little hard time, you know, understanding that, but What's even more interesting, I guess, is when I went to Texas, I was, you know, working for an affiliate and things like that. Um, it was live, did my first live shot there. I was, I took a pay cut to go there. <laughs> Looking oh back, God. I'm like, wow, you were a moron. But like, <laughs> I took a pay cut by $2 an hour and then went back up to my normal pay. So for the first three years, I was making 10 50 to, you know, or less an hour. And it was tough. Um, and, and I think the funny thing about that is too, they, I just had a contract. And a lot of these contracts that I think media members sign, I'm not sure people even realize that we're signing them. They're not very um, friendly for you as a, as a talent. And, you know, when I, I wanted to leave Texas for the Shreveport job, and luckily I had a couple of things fall into place where I was able to just leave and take it. But if I hadn't, I owed them a third of my salary. If I left early, I'm like, wait, but I'm, I'm, I'm doing like, I'm making the right moves. I'm going in the right direction. You're going to penalize me money. I don't clearly have to get there. <laughs> and, and, and they can fire you whenever they want for whatever they want for no reason at all at any point, And you have no recourse whatsoever. Um, I, I do. I want to kind of reiterate a point you made about your move to Minnesota, which is the media is, and this is not, I don't intend this to just be like three media people complaining and bitching about our own industry. Here. <laughs> right. But, but <laughs> wait, it, wait, 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 wait. I thought that was the whole point of the podcast. Oh, oh sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Emi. Um, but I, I do I do think that it is it's worth reiterating the personal and professional. Like this is not like any other industry where you can just say, All right, what's best for my family? Okay, my family wants to be in X city. And then just like go find work there. <laughs> it's it, it's just it's it's not how this business works. So can you legally give us a sense as to how long that this probably because you said kind of like 14 to 18 yeah, months yeah i mean like, i don't think i'm really supposed to kind of be tight-lipped about anything but you know I, I will say that the vikings had every intention of bringing on this person a year ago because of uh the pandemic they just were never sure and i think they do things the right way they want to onboard you when you know what you're doing when you're around people when you can really create change and and, um, and so I think that was part of the process was that, um, you know, I mean, I mean, going, going back before the Vikings, I'm a pretty scrappy person. Like I don't have an agent right now. I do a lot of the stuff on my own and I find it to be effective. Honestly. Um, I like that. I like having control of my career and not really answering anyone but myself. So for me, I knew where I wanted to go. And sometimes that's the hardest part because in broadcasting, you could really just go anywhere, but I knew you know, Josh likes his job. He has a great opportunity here to get better. It's, it's not a bad sports town. That was also something I was like, if you go somewhere where I'm not going to want to go, but like, if you know, he's in market 15, as far as local TV goes. And so I was like reaching out to news directors. I've had several meetings with people with teams and stations here in Minneapolis over the last year and a half, because I knew that's where I wanted to be. And, you know, back when I was emailing people in January and March of 2020, I had no idea it was around the corner. Yeah. So I was having meetings. I mean, look, I'm not gonna lie to you, like a full, it's a full-time job to find a job in broadcasting and media in general. And so I 
keyboard warrior, like emailing consistently. I found people on LinkedIn. I mean, and I share all these tips because like I tell people this all the time that come to me for advice. Like I find their emails. I find them on LinkedIn. I reach out because the worst thing they can do is just not answer me. Nine times out of 10, well, I mean, we'll say eight, seven times out of 10, they'll answer <laughs> you. Great. They may not have the answers for you, but they can help you get in the right direction. And so like, I'm actually moving here knowing like a few of the people in the industry already, because I've already like been doing that. And that, that's honestly how I got, like, everyone's like, how did you get the Viking strap? How did this happen for you? I emailed them, like literally just emailed them. And it just worked out in my favor because, um, I, I will say though, I like to call it respectfully persistent is something actually Kayla Anderson and I have coined respectfully persistent because we, you know, they, they lost, they could have lost, I could have lost contact with them throughout this process, knowing that they were delaying the search and delaying it. And maybe we'll do this and maybe we won't, but I was just a hound on when it came to it. I was like, I'm going to email them every month. Here's a story I did. Here's a panel I moderated. Here is um, my updated reel or, Hey, how's it going? How's the progress? Like I would consistently, like there was not a month that went by, I didn't email them or, or remind them of me or who I was. And so I think it paid off. I, I mean, I guess you could say that. <laughs> so uh, uh, there's one dynamic that I find really, really interesting because I, I, I like you have considered sort of, I don't want to call it like switching sides, but going to work for an actual team where mm -hmm. the, the, just the goal and the agenda and the vision is just very different. It's, it's just, it's sort of all pulling the same direction. And, and I, I think it's actually we, we talked to Teresa Walker last week on the show where experience is so valuable for her to be able to churn out so much content so quickly about so many different subjects. Mm -hmm. Do you think it actually helps you start working for a team itself, transitioning from reporting to sort of working for, for the actual team itself because you don't have any experience in the market? If, if you had spent 10 years in Minneapolis mm -hmm. covering the Vikings, you would know every single thing, good, bad, you know, and otherwise about the organization. And I, I think it, it actually benefits you to not have experience covering all of the teams and going to work for that. Does that, does that question make sense? Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I, I definitely think so because I, I'm, I'm comparing that to like what I've done for the Titans for the last three years. Um, I do think it's kind of neat. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, someone recently told me, which was really at first, cause like, you know, I'm really, obviously I've worked really hard to get this job and I'm really pumped about it, but like, it kind of like has been settling in a little bit more and more every day. And someone the other day said, well, like they're your coworkers. And I'm like, wow, I never <laughs> even really put that together because they are. So I think it, I think that dynamic changes a little bit. Now, look, I'll be honest with you. Like I'm, my brand of journalism is very much like, I like the stats, the information and the feel good stories. Like I don't love covering all of the other stuff that comes with it. Um, it's just not uh, my brand. I just, I know I don't love it. So for, you know, for me, this fits great because I can tell the good side of things. I can do feature stories. I could talk to players one-on-one. -on -one. Like I can do things like that, that I'm really pumped about. And I think you're right. Like you know, I know more about certain other teams than them at this point in time. So I am kind of coming in with a fresh slate, meeting people, getting to know things. But I think more than anything, it's just going to be nice to have one focus and be really knowledgeable about one thing. Um, and I've secretly like, you know, when you sit back and think like, what am I going to do? Because sports broadcasting might not be it forever because it's a grind, as you had mentioned earlier. And so I sit back and think, well, maybe 
public relations or marketing or something in my wheelhouse that I can use what I've learned through local and apply it to something else. I think this is kind of in a way like doing what I love to do and just taking a little step towards that side of things. Still covering it fair. I mean, look, we have pre and post game shows. We got to talk about what happened. So, you know, it's, it's going to be a lot of hosting and stuff too. So like, I can't, you know, I, I think you have to be careful with what you say, but I also think like, you do have the ability to sit back and talk about the actual like X's and O's of the game at the end of the day. Lamestream is brought to you by Jaspers. Jaspers. It's the next evolution of the sports bar. Your friendly neighborhood watering hole on West End with free parking and great food and an awesome happy hour that's actually a happy hour. Not one of these cheesy terrible not really happy hours so what it is yeah it's a really genuinely decent happy hour on thursday as opposed, you, to, as opposed to a not happy hour yeah like an unhappy hour right <laughs> if you're giving me a dollar off 14 dollar glass well, we've talked about this before if you're giving yeah. me a dollar off a 14 dollar glass of wine that's not that's an unhappy hour okay that's a pissed off hour is what that is <laughs> it's a short hour because i'm milking that glass for an entire hour yeah, no, <laughs> no question just charge me full freaking price at that point. Um, all right. So I got a question for you. This is sort of a business etiquette dining question. And I got in into, my wheelhouse. Let's go. Got into a huge debate with the in-laws while I was at the beach a couple of weeks ago about putting chips on a sandwich. You can get chips in the grab and go market at Jasper's and they have wonderful sandwiches all across their menu. And everyone largely at the house Almost all of us pro chips on sandwich. Are you pro chip on sandwich? First question. I am not. I'm not. I'm not pro fries on a sandwich unless you're in Pittsburgh. And I'm not pro chips on a sandwich in general. Poutine. So here's where it started. My wife has claimed. I've never actually seen her do this. So maybe I need to make her do it. She claims that she likes Cheetos on a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And that sounds so redneck. That is so wrong. So awful. I, I can't. I understand sweet and savory. I get that. Give me a chocolate covered pretzel, okay? Right. Um, so that then the co- the conversation evolved to chips on a sandwich, which I said is totally fine. I have no problem putting like a little jalapeno crunch on my like ham and cheese sandwich. It's delicious. It's excellent. But here is the etiquette dining question: because if I'm at Jasper's having a business meeting with somebody, this is what everyone said on the table. This is what everyone said. If I was at a business meeting, I would never do it. But if I was at home on the beach trip on any of these other locations where it's more, it's too, it's too informal to do at a business lunch. That is a hundred percent correct. If no, you are opening, you're wrong. You're if wrong. you are opening up your sandwich to then sprinkle chips on it, I hope whoever <laughs> is at the business meeting with you gets up and leaves. Why? Why? What about mustard on a sandwich? What if you're opening up your sandwich to put mustard on it? That, that is perfectly acceptable. That, What's the difference? One why, of them. Why is someone going to judge you? One of them is one of them is delicious, and the other one is not. So that's the easy way out. But I mean, it's just it's just weird and bad and wrong. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it anyway. I want. But if you have to do it, confine it to you know keep your weirdness to your own house. Don't I, don't don't go outside to do it. So my brother in law was sitting there without a shirt on, saying, "No, if I can sit wherever, if I can sit there." This is the setting where you can put chips on a sandwich. Really, really, really painting a picture for us here. Yeah, he's like, if I can sit here shirtless, then I'm allowed to put chips on a sandwich. If you if you have to put on a shirt, 
you, you, you know, you probably shouldn't be putting chips on a sandwich at that lunch meeting. And I just thought I've had a lot but, of lunch meetings at my place of work with people at my business and we've all put chips on sandwiches. Uh, but uh, your, your, your boy has a point though. I, 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 I think that's a good standard does. because chips on a sandwich is definitely a shirtless sort of activity. <laughs> I, I'm that's not gonna, just that. That's just that's just the level of redneck that uh, that 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 style of sandwich deserves. I am not going to tell him that you said that. <laughs> what do you mean? He agrees with me. We're we're in permanent agreement. You're the I outlier. I know. You're the that's weirdo. Why, that's why I'm not going to tell him. <laughs> yeah. we'll, see, we'll see if he listens to the show. <laughs> now we're going to find out how many people in your family are listening to the podcast. Oh, I, I just don't. I just if you and I went to Jasper's and we were sitting at the bar and we and we ordered a delicious sandwich and and it was like a like a turkey club. They have a turkey wrap that's just really really good. And if all of a sudden you wanted to throw a little crunch on there, I just am not going to judge you, Steve. I just think you should be able to do you, and and not really worry about like I don't know. Maybe Jasper's is just the right amount of casual to be able to do that i on the other hand am going to judge you so don't do that in front of me <laughs> that's just disgusting i'm kind of shocked that you don't like chips on a sandwich but you also don't like lettuce on a hamburger it's water it's why would weird. i want to put water on my burger again crispy crunchy let's add a little crispy crunchy to it just terrible <laughs> awful bad wrong you know what's not still, bad awful and wrong jaspers jaspers and the menu definitely not terrible awful and wrong the opposite of all of those. Go to Jasper's. Go to Jasper's. Keep your shirt on. This is this is part of a trend of teams building out essentially their own media networks uh, here over the last you know over the last decade. Yeah. How uh, how are you you going to reach uh, viewers slash readers slash you know who, however what's what are the kind of channels that that you're going to operate through? Yeah. So that's that's a good question. I'm still kind of absorbing all that information as we speak. Um, you know, for the last year and a half, I've obviously followed a lot of stuff that they've done on social media, and I think it's expanding because of COVID. Uh, relaxing the restrictions are relaxing. Um, they do a lot of online stuff through their website and YouTube channels um, and podcasting is going to become part of it. So I'm pretty pumped about that because, you know, a little bit more ability to talk, which I love to do. So that's exciting. Um, it's going to be a little bit of everything as far as like trying to hit on all marks of social media, because I think that's the medium they're really trying to hit through. I'm not 100% sure yet if it's on, you know, like if it's on a streaming service or not, but I know for Vikings fans, they can go the website to Twitter to Instagram and see content there. Um, and, and as I said before, they actually have like a really, really nice. Um, well, I'd actually have it. The practice facility is just absolutely incredible. I actually toured it before COVID when I was, you know, they were really nice enough to give me like a whole full tour of it. And they showed me the studio. They used to partner with the local Fox station. I think they still do. Uh, to do a bunch of shows. And I think the thing I'm most excited about is the pre and post game show because. Um, you know, I used to watch it last season. You could watch it on your phone, any of your apps and, um, and it's live and they, I think it'll be way more fun this year because we'll have people travel and be able to talk to players more and things like that. So that's kind of exciting for me. I think, um, I think it is a very digital forward platform, but I think that, I mean, honestly, like, I don't think you can go wrong with that anymore. Are local TV stations, in your opinion, doing enough of that stuff right there? No, but I think it's hard because you don't have the resources nor the staff, you know? I mean, 
like, well, I guess I can say this now, but, um, I mean, I, I think what like Kayla and Corey and Emily are doing are really cool. Like, I think that's cool that they have something, if you like them, the ability to get to know them better and watch them on Facebook live and, and see that kind of content every day and their immediate reaction to things, because no longer do you have to wait to hear what they say on Sundays. I think that's cool. Um, that kind of stuff is neat if that's who you're a fan of. I mean, it's like, you know, live radio. So I think that's really cool. Um, no, I don't, but I, I also don't think that local TV takes advantage of a lot of opportunities just because of the restrictions of it. You know, I mean, I just don't, as a one person sports department, I just wasn't interested in moving forward that way because I, I just knew that that was going to be a lot of stress on me. Um, I'm too old for this at this point. Like I've already been in the game for a decade and I just wasn't interested in, in doing that. And so, um, that's why, I mean, honestly, this pivot couldn't have happened anymore. I mean, look, I'll, there, it was, uh, two weeks before my last day that I got this job, like that I officially got this job. So I was about to head into unemployment and figure that out. Um, but I don't have to anymore. And it's a great <laughs> feeling. <laughs> You, you you mentioned something really kind of funny um, about kind of getting bumped and sort of the, the nature of the nature of a local TV sports broadcast is that sometimes you get overtaken by events, whether it's live news or whatever. Do you get triggered by by code red and and <laughs> and like all of the weather bugs? Because, I mean, how many times has that cost you like a spot on a on a spot on a newscast? It's because the weather went long or there, there was a tornado out in, you know, the middle of nowhere. You know, I it's been a really long time since they were like, look, I know you worked in your sportscast all day, but you got to go. It's been a really long time since that. Probably like, I don't actually, I don't think it's maybe happened once or twice in Nashville. It really hasn't happened that often. Um, so it's been a long time. It does kind of get a little annoying. I mean, at the end of the day, I think also what people don't realize about local. And I think that's what honestly the digital platforms and stuff have really helped to kind of, uh, change that a little bit is that you're always working eight hours a day for three minutes. And it's just very difficult sometimes to kind of put that into perspective because you like the amount of content I would just leave and never show anyone. And it would just die a week later. It's just insane when you think about it. Um, like things I would be like, Oh, I'm going to get back to that. You just never do because something else comes up. Um, so, so I do, I do think like that side of things is, is crazy to think that like, they should be taking more advantage of like digital platforms and things like that. Because again, like you can have a digital show and talk about the press conference you went to. And therefore that kind of doesn't die anywhere. It's like still going to air, still going to make it because you just don't work eight hours for three minutes anymore. It's just like, I don't know. I don't know where that came from, but that's just what it is. You mentioned, you know, Corey and, and Emily and Kayla and all the work that they're doing on a different channel. I, I have, I don't have any TV experience. I have radio experience. And certainly there are, there's, absolute sensitivity within the market to be careful not to, you know, mention a competitor or say anything nice about anybody ever doing anything. And I'm just curious how sensitive the TV market is in general. I'm not trying to get you to like spill secrets here, but I just want to know. Oh, I'm, you can spill secrets. Cause, Cause I don't care. Like I personally, I think collaboration right. crediting someone who breaks a story. I, I think there are appropriate things to do as a, as a reporter or a journalist or an opinion person or whatever that just sort of, it's just the right thing to do. Um, yeah. I never felt that it was a big deal to mention a competitor on a show, you know, live or otherwise. I just, I, I don't know. I think, do you think TV as an industry is is too sensitive about that? Or did you find it to be okay in the market? Or I guess, what was your experience? Yeah, no, um, it's a good question. I, I always err on the side of caution um, just because I think that 
uh, you know, bosses are looking at your social media. So if you're sitting here retweeting the competition, it's just not a great look. So I think that's part of it. Like, and I'll be honest with you, like if I did see something I wanted to retweet and someone else for station tweeted it and I didn't, and then like Teresa would tweet it five minutes later, I'd retweet Teresa because like that's, she comes on the show, like she's in a different avenue. So yeah, to answer your question, that's kind of what I did. I don't know if that's the norm. That's just something I particularly did because again, I'm like, I, I try and follow the rules as much as possible. Um, or at least like not try and like make my boss paint me or something, you know? Um, but as far as like media experience here when TV, I've, I've loved it. Um, I, 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 Kayla Anderson is literally like my best friend. Like we are inseparable when it comes to just like texting and talking all the time. And it's honestly like really nice to have such support system. Um, I mean, I, 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 I joke around with Steve Lehman all the time because he like kind of like we sat next to her at like games and stuff, but like didn't really talk too much. And then now like leaving Nashville, he was like one of my best friends. And so I think like you make these relationships with people that you share the same struggles with. And so instead of making them competitors, why not make them your friends? Make Why not make them your support system? Because you were all literally going through the exact same thing. I mean, I'd be like, oh, Steve, great story. Like, that was awesome. Good job. Or Kayla, like, I can't believe you got that. Like, that was great. Like, there's no point in being like negative Nancy about it or being, you know, so hyper competitive that it's counterproductive. You know, everyone's going to have their moment where they do something that beats you or that they get something you didn't um, or whatever. So, and honestly, like, I could have gotten through the last year and a half without talking to Kayla about all these situations that I'm going through and being able to call her and vent about things and stuff. And so, um, and and again, that's why I do things like this, honestly, because what you're doing is allowing people to see the inside of it. But I think it's also nice to have like people in the industry know it's okay to talk about what's going on with you because for so long, I think without social media, it's just such a taboo subject. And I, everyone that called me about the Fox 17 job. I was honest. Like, I will tell you both sides. I will tell you the positives. I will tell you the negatives. I will try and set you up for success if you get a job offer because I don't think that you should go in not knowing anything or not understanding what the situation is or or what what how it fits your situation because everyone's different, you know. I've never met anyone in radio like that at all. Um <laughs> I sometimes call me a little too open, which is fine. I, I don't no. mind that. I, I'm, oh, Josh, hey, Josh. Uh, uh, sorry, we're moving. So we're all over the place. But uh, I, I, I'm probably a little bit more open sometimes than I, I think that makes people comfortable. But I also think like it's okay to be uncomfortable in it. And I, I don't know. I just wish I would have known a lot of the shit stuff that I said. Oh, my God. No, you can, you can, oh, no, you can no, no. Shit. We have the E rating. Oh, okay. on that. You, can, you, you, can, you can say shit. Also, what are the, pro, what are the, what are the pros <laughs> really in that? What are the what is the good and the bad at Fox 17? I'm not going to go into that. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me, let me put it to you like this: since we have you here on the exit interview, uh, what what would you uh, what would you fix for your for your successor there at Fox 17? I just think the resources help. I always say this: you know, I loved everyone I worked with there. Like my coworkers are awesome. Like it was really a good experience, and some of the most talented journalists I've worked with, honestly. Um, and I love Nashville. Like Nashville is a city that is booming. Like you just added a pro team and a NASCAR race and an indie race. And you got one person running sports. That's, that's, you know, please don't make that the headline of the podcast. <laughs> love me all. Don't do that. I don't need that. But like having it buried is fine. I don't think I'm saying anything that's, that's wrong though, because I do think that Nashville 
deserve to have great sports coverage. And I think this one person coming in will do a good job. I think I did a good job as a one and two person sports department. I don't think that stopped my quality of work. I just think when you have the ability and the resources to go out and do more, it looks bigger. It looks better. People want to watch, you know? Um, and, and so I think that's the only thing that's kind of, you know, handicapping themselves basically. Um, but I think they want it. I think they want it. I really do. I just don't think, I think there's other things at play that don't allow it. So aside from the, the relationships that obviously mean a whole lot to you, uh, in the market that you've made with, with people, um, and, and listen, I've, I've, to full disclosure, I've had you on the show, you know, two years ago. And so I, I've really enjoyed your work. What have, what will you remember? What will you take from this experience? You know, 20 years from now, you look back on your time working in Nashville. What, what is it that stands out to you? Well, in, in this current moment, I, I would not be where I am about to start a team job in the NFL without Nashville because my experience with the Titans the opportunity that Fox 17 gave me to come in there and create content, do a 30 minute show, get more comfortable and get the reps that um, are so important to get when you want to cover professional teams. Um, oh shoot. That's the movers. Josh, can you get that? I'm sorry. <laughs> if you want to, if you want to just answer this, we'll, we'll, we'll let you go. As soon as yeah, you no, you're this. good. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, no, I, I think it's such a great experience to be in Nashville covering these teams. It's almost like the pressure of being in, and this is not a knock at Nashville. This is, I think it's a hundred percent positive for people like me who don't want to be in a hyper competitive environment where I have to like elbow people and be mean. I, I like that, that Nashville does a good job of covering their sports teams, but it's not cutthroat. And that's just what I like. I mean, I, if you like a cutthroat media industry, probably go somewhere else and that's fine. Like, I think we have fun with each other. I think we give each other a hard time. I think that we all do a great job. People are um, like, I've, I'm telling you, like some of the most talented journalists I've seen are in that city. And I have enjoyed it so much that I think Nashville's very lucky and it's a great town. The teams are fun. Um that's what I look for in a sports market. Like for me, like New York's not going to be it for me. I, I, it's too much going on. I like this Nashville feel it's, it's different. And I think, um, I think that's what I'll remember is that it, it, it made me better while I, while I fell in love and had a good time with it because, um, it's only going to get better from here, which is like the sad part, I think for me. It's like, I watched it grow for three years and just in my small amount of time there, like, I'm going to go back and be like, why does, why are there five professional teams here 30 years later? You know, it's going to be awesome. Well, Tatum, thank you so much for giving us some of your time. We do appreciate it. Uh, wishing you the best of luck, of course. Sad to see you go, but excited about your opportunities. And I will leave you with go Big Orange, go Packers. And we'll talk at some point down the road. All right. Sounds good. Hey, if it's if it's Paul's last ride, that's fine. We'll just take Tony Vitello with us to Baton Rouge again. So thanks for that. <laughs> that's what we're all scared. That's what we're all scared of. Tank, Tatum, thank you so much. <laughs> we'll just we'll just put him in the back of the bus and take him down with us. That's all. A uh, giant bus full of cash. Yeah, I, I yes. it's, it's it's actually he's he actually paid. driving he's actually driving the Brinks truck as we speak. So yeah. uh, Tatum, thank you, thank you so much. We'll we'll talk soon. Sounds good. Thank y'all so much for having me.
Oh, special thanks to Tatum Everett for joining us on this week's show. Sort of the last chance we had to get her on. I, I, I saw that she was leaving Fox 17. I reached out and I said, can we get you on before you go? And she said, well, I got to wait for a few things to, to, to work out. But um, as you heard there from her, she did not have a job. She was leaving Fox 17 without employment, but has also spent 14 to 18 months looking for a job and had a lot of leads and a lot of relationships. And so I think there's a lot to be learned there for young media people about a whole range of subjects from Tatum Everett. I love talking with her. Yeah, not the least of which is if you get involved with someone else in the industry, uh, it, it's gonna, it, it's going to make your professional life kind of hazardous when you switch markets. I, I'm not going to lie, like, and I'll be honest here. When when our show was when my show was canceled last February, and then like all the other jobs like disappeared, it's not like I can go to my wife and say, "Hey, let's." let's look at this or look at this city. Like I have to look at another city. We have to uproot the family for me to try to go work somewhere else. And I didn't want to leave Nashville. Like I didn't, our family didn't want to leave Nashville, which is why 440 sports is a, is a thing because I, it's either, it's either find your own way and find a place in the market or you have to move. Like that's, that's, it's not, a, it's not super complicated, but I do, I don't think necessarily people realize that about TV and radio and, and print reporters. Yeah, and balance, I, I've been lucky. I, so we, we have moved all over the country. My wife has changed jobs for me on several occasions. She has taken jobs with her on on several occasions. I'm I'm very lucky in that respect. You know, if that hadn't happened, we you know we might have stayed in one place like forever, or we might never. I might have never left Nashville. I had a lot of opportunities because I did. You know, it's it just a it, it's a tough it's a tough calculus balancing. Uh, balancing personal and professional because there are so few there are so few media jobs relative to jobs in general. So I, the other thing the other thing I took out of out of Tatum's interview and she is far too nice to say this so I'll I'll <laughs> I'll say this out loud. I mean she's a lot more talented than than three minutes on a on a fourth rated broadcast at yep. you know yep. in in a, in a in a market. I mean and I'll be real. That's one of the reasons why I'll be interested to see what kind of like what she, what she does uh with the vikings because i, I think I, I think she's got a potential the potential to do a whole lot more than than she had the space to do in you know at fox 17 well and interesting if you listen to Teresa a couple of weeks ago and tatum on this show also just sort of knowing what they like and knowing their own sort of brand and their own identity and being true to what they enjoy and um, I do believe that going to another market to work for a team makes it a whole lot easier. Like, it, I think it would be difficult for me right now to go work for the Titans or the Predators because I just I, I know all of the stories. I, I know all of the good, all of the bad, all of the all of the everything. And it, I just think it would be hard to do. I, I think if you move to another market, you're coming in with a fresh set of eyes trying to tell really good stories about people that are doing really good stuff. And and she's sort of already that, that, that's her wheelhouse. That's what she likes. That's what she cares about. Teresa was the same way. Like, I don't want to put opinion into my stories. That's not what my job is. This is what I like to do. I do this. And I think there's some some wisdom in, in both of them uh, because of that. Also, uh, one-person sports departments, come on, y'all. Fund, yeah. fund, fund your people with resources. Like, it's, just right. ridiculous. It's, it's one thing if you're literally on the bayou. It's another thing if you're in a top 30 DMA. Or don't do sports because what you're telling your audience is that you don't you, you don't value sports enough to put resources into it. So there are people are probably not tuning in for that, you know, for your sports report. 
and 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 we've we've talked with this you know with kind of half the sportscasters in town about how, kind of like how you how you balance you know that short time slot that you have in a, in a newscast versus other things you know uh, Steve uh, Steve over at Channel Five really has kind of broken out with with the thirty minute show on Sundays and and being able to show kind of showcase kind of what they can do in a situation where you know like like Tatum said she was throwing good stuff out every day just to get yeah. in, get it, get down to three minutes. Well, and she mentioned this, but I do think it's worth noting that I do think news too with, with Corey and Emily, Corey Curtis, Emily proud and Kayla Anderson. And she mentioned this, that they are doing some really interesting stuff digitally. It's just, there's a lot of engagement there with what they do. And that's sort of a different way to do it too. And kind of create more real estate for yourself at, at a TV company locally when you want to talk more into the weeds about stuff. And I think you heard Tatum say, say that phrase. Like I wanted to get deep into the details of, of stories and um, you know, a singular subject. So wishing her the best of luck, of course, I think she's going to do great. And like you said, <laughs> definitely better than three minutes on the fourth rated channel in, in, in uh, Nashville. She's, exactly. She's going to do very, very well. You don't get a job working for an NFL team if you're not good. So uh, no. I'll always enjoy talking with her. Always love talking with her. And uh, obviously uh, we'll, we'll be checking in. Okay. Recommendations. Steve Cavendish, you're up first. So beginning, uh, so we're recording this here. It's going to come out on a Friday, uh, the 11th, on beginning on on June the 12th for 13 straight days, or I should say primetime evenings, NBC will air the Olympic trials. Uh, and it's fascinating. I'm, I, I love the Olympics. Uh, I get re- really wrapped up in it. Uh, but I love the trials. Because the the trials uh, in some ways are as interesting or more interesting than the, than the Olympics themselves because there's all of these people that their dream is to be at an Olympics. And if they, you know, there's, there's only a very select few who may be an Olympic champion. Uh, but, but getting on an Olympic team is a life goal for all of these people. And so if there are three slots in a relay, for example, for the U.S., and you know that fourth person is just absolutely crushed because they came as close as humanly possible with without you know without attaining their dream and that fascinates me that that sort of that that is that is pure that is pure unadulterated drama and and the the trials are full of that uh and they're they're full of you know they're full of people who are going to be just ecstatic to be at the to, to make an Olympic team and, and and you know we we focus so much on sort of the winners all the time but there's real drama and passion in that uh, and you know for, for us here in North America the Olympics are in Tokyo it's really off cycle for kind of how we view things so if you want to watch the Olympics live you're going to be watching it at you know you know, midnight, three in the morning, as opposed to, you know, prime time over here, or you're going to be watching stuff on tape delay. Tape delay so the trials yeah. gives you a chance to, to, to experience a lot of that kind of like on cycle. So I think it's a really good recommendation and I think you've sold it as well as you possibly can, but I, I am one of the only human beings that might watch like two nights of the Olympics, maybe three. Oh. I just don't. And, and, and honestly, I understand this. There's the NFL and there's the Olympics. Those are the only two guarantees and ratings in sports, in television. So I'm not suggesting that it's not like every night viewing for everybody in the country slash the world. <laughs> but but I mean, it's just, I, I watch this, the couple of events that I enjoy. If there's a superstar, 
swimmer or gymnast or you know whatever like i tune in for that if it's the da- i love the super g with Lindsay vaughn like i watch a couple of events that i find to be the most interesting definitely you know i'll definitely watch basketball or or whatever um i don't know like i just I, i'm am definitely... I american am i a terrible person like do i need to well, rethink yes all of my both. life decisions yes to both but but the the I mean, like, for instance, you're not going to watch, like, everything Simone Biles is in. I mean, that is, this is, like, this is, like, one, it's, it's like. Uh, I love Simone Biles, by the way. She needs more coverage in this country. I mean, she's, like, she's, like, she's, like, Michael Phelps in the, in the sense that, like, she's every amazing. single, every single time she competes in something, it is, it is going, it has the potential to be historic. And that, that, so that, that's the kind of thing I watch, right? Like, when Phelps is going on a run, or who, who is the. Who are the couple of other swimmers that have gone on these runs lately, where they just win like insane numbers of medals? Like I'll I'll tune in. Uh, like when Katie, Katie Ledecky, is, Ledecky like the, yeah. is is like the other perfect sort of example of that she's going to be like super competitive in in all of these events. But and, and I'm not saying you have to tune in for the steeplechase. Okay, I mean badminton. No, you know uh, nobody cares. Wait, wait, wait. Badminton. Badminton is crazy. <laughs> I, know, I mean, it's guys rules. like it, it's. Guys, I mean, if you play this in your backyard at, at any point. It's guys that are now hitting these okay great word shuttlecocks uh, back and forth at each other at like a zillion miles an hour. I mean, love slapping around the shuttlecock. I mean, exactly, exactly. Uh, And it gives you a chance. It gives you a chance to dive in. I'm not saying you're going to watch the equestrian events. I mean, I use those to go to sleep too. So okay, but I'm mostly asking this track and field. You know, track and field uh, swimming. Gymnastics, I, basketball. I acknowledge and ask the question, knowing full well that it is like next to only the NFL from an interest standpoint. Like it, that, it's a guaranteed huge ratings draw that everyone watches. I understand. It's a real, it's a, it's a real deficiency in your in your uh, in your catalog here, buddy. I, I pay attention to the stuff as once it builds. Get, get, I, like I'll watch Simone Biles for sure. I'll, I'll watch once every soccer, four years. You know. Once every four years. That's all. That that's all we're asking of it, and you can't even do that. Well, my well recommend done. my recommendation will probably be some insight into why I I feel that way because I'm just hey like, hey Braden, what do you nerd. recommend this week? <laughs> such a nerd. Um, so number one uh, recommendation, which wasn't going to be my real recommendation, but I just watched it last night with my kids. Uh, the Mitchells in the Machines on Netflix is genuinely funny. It, Danny McBride, Maya Rudolph. I think Conan O'Brien's got a role in there. Fred uh, all names, got a role. all names I like. Fred Armisen, I think, has got a role in there. He's the, I think, he's the Deborah Bot Five Thousand. It is, it, like, it's one of the first kids movies I've seen that's sort of been Instagrammed. Like, it, there's like an Instagram level of like uh, animation to it, like where they, it just, you know, like somebody hugs somebody and a little heart pops up. Like, it's just been. It's sort of social mediaized, but it's so funny. It's such a funny movie. And I did not realize it was PG and let the four-year-old watch the whole thing by herself one time. And then we watched it all together with the three-year-old. She got a little, little, little uh, shook up because it's a little intense. And my my wife was like, this is PG, Braden. Like, this is not G rated. You can't (laughs) can't show this to a three-year-old. I was like, I didn't know. You were not providing parental guidance. Well done, sir. Pay attention to the ratings on movies, I guess. I never had to do that yeah. before. Uh, all right. But, but real, what's your, so what's your real recommendation? My real recommendation is, and I have become, narrative nonfiction is my favorite reading. That, that's, the th- that's the stuff that I read now because I think true life is stranger than fiction. And, and I just think it's, you know, there are so many amazing stories that are important to know 
about either our country or the world or history or whatever. And there's so many great writers that do this. And uh, Ben McIntyre wrote The Spy and the Traitor, which I think is, I think most people have heard of it if you like literature. Uh, it's not like an unpopular book. It's pretty popular. Um, but it is, I, I, I got to read it last weekend when I was down with my four-year-old in Orlando and got to read it. And it's all about an actual KGB officer in real life who switched sides and like the guy trying to figure out who he was at the CIA was actually working for the KGB. And it was just, it's just this fascinating tale of, of, you know, spy world underground stuff, but it also goes into some of the psychology of how, how that world works. And this really private level of like, I'm, a, I'm attacking my own country, but no one knows. And that makes me happy. <laughs> like it's very, it's the, the, the men, the psychology of a spy is very interesting to me. Uh, so spy and the traitor, Ben McIntyre, it is a true story. He's incredibly well-sourced in the book. It is awesome. It's great. Awesome. Have you read it? I have not. I'm looking forward to reading it. I'll put it on the list. Uh, unfortunately, my reading list is like 30 books long right now. All I know is that at the top of the book, it says, quote, the best true spy story I have ever read. And that's from Lacar. Wow. That is, there you go. That, is, that is high praise. There you go. From like the definitive fiction spy writer, right? So Exactly. There you go. All right. Well, that's, uh, I think that's all my recommendations. Um, I guess I, I need to watch the Olympic trials over the next two weeks, I guess. I mean, or, you know, just be an American for a couple of weeks. That's all. That's all we really ask. Also check out the supers this weekend, of course, as well. Tennessee and Vanderbilt, both in those, a lot of other great baseball series around the country. Super regional play is awesome. Best two out of three winner goes to Omaha. Great stakes. Great. Uh, all that great stuff. And Oh, by the way, if you're going to the Vandy game and it's 11 a.m. on Friday or Saturday and you want to like pop on over to Jasper's afterward, just walk on down the street. You could drive your car and park it for free. But if you don't have a car because you're at the game, you just want to walk, you can walk right down the street to Jasper's and go get a happy hour beer after the game and celebrate Vandy's win. Absolutely. Or And, and then stick around to watch the Tennessee LSU series later that night. Although I think if you're I – th- I think if you're – if you went to the Vandy game, you're probably not – sticking around for the for the utlsu game i i disagree i think college baseball junkies watch all of it well anyway go watch college baseball it's great brayden where can people find you on the socials steve you know what i'm glad you asked um they can follow me i care (laughs) they can follow me at brayden gall on the twitters uh at 440 sports on twitter and facebook at 440 media on instagram are you on the social nets I am. You can find me on Twitter at Scavendish. As always, rate, review, subscribe, and rate, review, and subscribe the rest of the shows here on the 440 Podcast Network. Oh, nice. Stomp on the subscribe button. Stomp on it. Stomp uh, on. For lame, Lamestream, I'm Steve Cavendish. Thanks for and, listening. And I'm Braden Gall. <laughs> no, I'm going to cut you off. No, you're oh, done. Okay. <laughs> yeah, good night, folks.